Okay. 30 seconds, unfortunately, is up. You guys can go ahead and take your seats. Yeah, it was more like, well, I was watching the timer back there. It was more like a minute and a half, but that's okay. I loved hearing you guys talk. Okay, uh, before we get into anything, my wife will introduce us more, but uh, I do want to take a quick second and give honor where honor is due because we believe in that. Um, and so uh, a couple people that I just want to say thank you so much to um, is one is just the leadership that has taken over uh, in place of Taka and Natalie. You guys may never have seen them before up until this uh, month, especially if it's your first time here. But there are so many people. And the way Taka and Nat have set this church up is that it just didn't rise and fall on their talents and what they bring to the table. But every single person who serves behind the scenes plays such an integral part to you guys uh, and what you experience here. And the fact that you guys can, can just come and experience Jesus. So will you guys do me a favor and please give a round of applause to the leadership that has been leading this thing this entire month. Um, you guys are extremely blessed. Uh, the second I want to shout out is the worship team. Okay, I'm just going to tell you, I've been to a lot of churches. You guys are blessed. Okay? You guys are blessed. So can you guys please give it up for the worship team and their leadership? Uh, and I guess I'll shout out Taka and Nat probably because they're watching and we're staying with them. So it's, if I want a place to sleep. Um, no, but truly, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, we have known Taka and Natalie Aguchi since 2007. Uh, they perform, uh, Taka performed our wedding, so it's not just that they were our pastors and our leaders for a long time. They've become friends and family. Um, and we lived here for three years, helped launch Voice, and we lived all together, eight of us, in one house for three years. And we're still friends, and we love them dearly. Love them dearly. I haven't developed anything. Uh, no, but we love them so much. So Taka and Nat, if you guys are watching, uh, we honor you. We love you. We are so grateful that you have given us the opportunity to come back um, and that you trust us with uh, our extended family. So Taka and Nat, we love you. And could we guys give it up for Taka and Natalie, please? Uh, so yeah. So thank you guys so much for allowing us the opportunity to be here. All right. <laughs> I knew I was going to mess that up. Uh, so like he said before, we were here. We helped launch out Voice Church. So uh, a good four and a half Five years ago-ish, Mike and I started praying about the idea of us as a family planting a church. And we knew that Taka and Natalie were just getting started in that journey, so we called them. We were like, hey, we think we should plant a church. And Taka was like, don't do that. <laughs> he said, come out to Orange County. Let's sit and talk about what that actually looks like and then decide if that's what you want to do. So our family flew out here like totally secret. We didn't tell any of our families. Um, we got here, we spent four days here, and by the time we left, we had both agreed we were going to come back and we were going to help plant and launch Voice Church. Within a month and a half, we had sold a bunch of our stuff, put everything else we could fit into a moving truck, and we were in California at the beginning stages of Voice Church. And it's been an incredible journey so far, watching this family kind of grow and shift and shape and mold into what I believe God exactly what God wanted to do here. So it's been incredible to be a part of this family. And now we launched out a voice church and started our own church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin called City House Church. So you have a sister church in the Midwest where most of you will never go. <laughs> because it's cold. Uh, it's extremely cold. We moved in the middle or the very beginning of February. Uh, it was awesome. It wasn't awesome. It was negative four degrees. So I hate hearing Californians complain about how 60 degrees is cold. I'm just going to let you know I'm a little bitter at you. 
because you don't understand real cold. Uh, no, but man, as we were getting ready to, uh, you know, figure out, Lord, what do you want to say to this church? Because it would be really easy for us to be able to get up and talk about our church and what God is doing. And we will a little bit, um, what he's doing in and around and through City House Church in downtown Milwaukee. But um, I really believed uh, that God wanted to share a word with you. And so as I was doing all the holy things as a pastor and a preacher does, I was praying. I was fasting. I don't know why Raph is laughing, um, why Raphael is laughing. But I was doing all these things, and I was like, man, God, okay, you're going to show me through all these YouTube videos that I was watching while I was praying. And so I was like, I saw this one YouTube video that actually really just stuck with me. And it was about these two guys, and it started out innocently enough. These two guys were kind of interviewing on their cell phones this other guy who was dressed up in military dress. And the title of the video was the one, it was the thing that kind of got my attention. And the title of the video was called Stolen Valor. You guys ever heard of this concept, Stolen Valor? Not if you're with me. No? Okay. That's great. It helps with my illustration. Okay. So Stolen Valor, if you haven't heard of this concept, this is what Stolen Valor is. is an instance of a person falsely claiming to have served in the military or a member of the military falsely claiming to have served in hazardous conditions in order to gain the respect and other benefits associated with such service. And so as I was watching this video, it started out innocently enough. These two guys were interviewing this other guy who was totally decked out in military dress. And they started asking him, like, oh, man, you know, where did you serve? What branch did you serve with? All these things. But as the video went on, it got way more intense. Like, these two guys got visibly, like, frustrated and aggravated and really, like, hateful toward this guy unbeknownst to the guy who was dressed up in all these military things and had all these patches. So he had patches. They were like, oh, man, that's a SEAL Teams patch. And if you don't know what SEAL Teams is, you ever watch Zero Dark Thirty or the guys who, like, took out Osama bin Laden? That's a SEAL Team. That was SEAL Team 6. So these guys are, like, the most elite of the elite, okay? And usually you only serve with one SEAL Team. This guy had, like, multiple different SEAL Team patches on. So something was a little fishy. Unbeknownst to this one guy, he was talking to two former SEAL Team members. So basically, by the end of it, these guys were berating this man, calling out this thing called stolen valor. And I was like, man, I understand from their perspective how that could be a little frustrating. Like, you served. Like, you actually did the thing. Like, you went through hell week. And you did all the things that military men and women do that have earned those badges. And here you see this guy who went to the nearest Army surplus store or Amazon, uh, his badges to him, without having to do the actual work. And I didn't understand how deep this concept is to our country, but did you know that in 2013, President Barack Obama signed this thing called the Stolen Valor Act? And this is what it says about the Stolen Valor Act. In June 3rd, 2013, this act makes it a federal crime to fraudulently claim to be a recipient of certain military decorations or medals in order to obtain money, property, or tangible benefits. As it should be. As it should be. We got these jokers running around. Man, here's the thing. I worked at Starbucks for a really long time. I'm not saying they have the best coffee, okay? Lion and lamb here in Southern California, best coffee ever, all right? But I worked at Starbucks for a really long time, and I knew at the end of it how to make a cup of coffee, or so I thought, until I actually went to, like, these artisan places that really knew how to make coffee, and I would roll in and be like, oh, yeah, the shop pulls this long. They're like, shut up, simpleton. You know what I mean? And they actually taught me how to make, like, a real cup of coffee. I understand what these men got so upset about, especially as a country. We want to, we care so much about the ability to identify someone who's actually done the deep work to earn those badges. 
which is why we put things into place like the Stolen Valor Act. But it's crazy because so many people know that if you see someone in the military in our country, man, a lot of people will stop, they'll pay their respect, they'll say thank you. They'll, sometimes uh, places of business will give them discounts. Why? Because the things they do, the deep work that they do that is hardly ever seen by civilians is honored. And so these people who are running around playing dress up, filling their Amazon cards full of these badges that make no sense. The dude even had like a Punisher patch on. Like that's a wrong, just wrong. But this is why we get so upset about this. Because this gives an outward, those decorations that are important once they're earned, they give an outward appearance of success in their field. But I wrote down this line because I felt like the Lord spoke this to me. He said, a lot of times people want to be decorated without getting deep in it. People want the decoration without getting deep in it, without actually having to put in the work, even in the unseen moments. Well, so I was like, okay, God, what does that have anything to do with our time here at Voice and our church and all these things? And I'm telling you what, church plant is probably some of the most deep work that you could ever possibly do. I, it's really awesome because I'm seeing so many new faces here at Voice, which is beautiful, and I love that. But I'm also seeing some very familiar faces. And for those of you guys who have been, uh, I just want to see a raise of hands. I don't mean to call anyone out, but can anyone raise their hands who have been there from the beginning, who have been here from the beginning? Raise your hand. These men and women, not to take anything away from you guys who just came. It's awesome. We're super glad you're here. <laughs> Fill out a connection card. But, but what's awesome is these men and women, they understand what it means to have done the deep work at voice. I'll give you some, for instance, for those of you guys who have been here a long time, you guys remember all those emails we used to get from the community center about the marks in the back hall where all the cases started chipping off the paint? You guys remember the scratches, the email chains from Taka asking, hey, who scratched the elevator again as we had to put cases in the elevator two by two? You guys remember, uh, oh, man, you guys remember when uh, we went online? Enough said. They had me doing ridiculous stuff like hot wings challenges that nobody watched, so I was just hurting myself. For the pleasure of the people who were filming. Super great for me. But you guys remember Back Bay? Like all, the, right, see, you hear it. Like all the locations that we've been in. You guys remember the very first announcement that came when we got this spot? And the relief that felt? Why? Because you didn't have to unload the 20-foot four truck and trailer every single week with the precision of a SEAL team coordinator so everything fit that's those memories that come back to those who are here. That's the deep work. But it's because people choose to do the deep work like you have done that have made it possible for people to encounter moments like this. The deep work you put in has decorated you as someone who has truly invested in what God is doing in, around, and through this community and body of believers. If it wasn't for you, people would have no place to come to call home and experience Christ in a very real and authentic way. It is the deep work that's done in your life that makes you decorated. Uh, it's really funny because since we announced, our, announced ourselves as church planters to, like, the Internet, a year and a half ago we were like, hey, we're, we're church planters now. Great. Uh, we've had a handful of people that have followed up, and they're like, how's the church going? And we're like, that's such a 
big question, <laughs> but really great. And mostly it's innocent. Most of the time everybody's excited and they're like, how, how is it? What's God doing? But there are these moments where that question, how's the church going, comes with this really strange follow-up where they're like, how many people do you have now? And we're like, I get it because I value the idea that more people equals more souls, one for the kingdom. I understand that. But I refuse to accept that more butts in the seats is the metric for success. Just like I refuse to accept the idea that if I just put more Bible verses up around my house, that that makes me a better Christian. And I'm like, now I'm closer to God. I have Psalms on my wall, you know? It's not the same. And if I'm honest, when people say, how many people do you have? I want to be like, I don't know. They just come. I don't count them. I don't want to talk about how many people there are. I want to talk about what's happening in their lives. I want to talk about what's happening inside the church, the people that are coming. It's been incredible in the past year and a half to see so much growth, so much deep work that's going on that it feels cheap to talk about how many people there are. If all that we're trying to do, when Mike, when Mike told me that we were going to talk about stolen valor and all this stuff, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say about stolen valor. I know nothing about the military. But as we started correlating it back to church plant, I was like, you know what? You're right. If all we're trying to do is fill the seats, then we're spending God's trusted money on cheap badges. And I don't want to do that. So I get it. I know why stolen valor is so offensive because we've spent the last year and a half pouring out and doing a deep work, not just for ourselves, but for the people in our community to really actually experience God. We have had so many moments where it's been incredibly tempting to just buy the badge. Because people ask questions like, how many people do you got? And we're like, well, if we just put on a bigger event, we could get more people. And then we could take pictures of a full room and, and prove that we're doing something. And I'm like, no, we can't, we can't do that. <laughs> That's not going to work because those people may not stay. And then there's been other moments where we've been tempted to buy the badge where we've had churches or organizations that are like, we'll give you this much money if you just do it our way which is totally fine unless God is asking you to do something else, which is our case, and so it's been really difficult. But we've also had moments that have been incredibly tempting because personal finances, people will say, I'll give you this much money, but this is what you have to spend it on. And we've had to walk away going, is that buying a cheap badge? Is that what we're doing? We can't take that. We have to walk away from that. There have been so many moments where we have had the opportunity to provide incentives to get more people in the door. And those things aren't always bad, but when you catch yourself drawn to them simply because of the accolades, it's time to do a deeper work. In the last year and a half, as we've been pouring out our hearts into the community of Milwaukee, and people have asked, how many people are coming? Stop asking me that question. <laughs> it's, it's brought me back to what brought us to Milwaukee in the first place. 
it brought me back to the mission and the vision that God gave us for this church in the first place. And for City House Church, our mission is that we exist to reconcile people back to God through Jesus and each other. And that has nothing to do with numbers. That has everything to do with the family that comes and has been coming from the very beginning that is in the middle of a trial separation. And we've been walking them through how to handle custody agreements. We've been walking them through how to heal with each other. We've been walking them through how to hear the voice of God again. We've been walking them through how to restore just their friendship so their son has a shot at mom and dad having some kind of a relationship. We've watched them come to church and not come to church because they're too embarrassed or too broken to actually show up. We've watched them show up again because we're like, you're always welcome here. We've watched them open their Bible for the first time in years and find God meet them exactly where they're at. I think of the newest couple that just started coming, and they haven't been to church in six years. They also vowed to never volunteer at another church again because of how much hurt they sustained from other churches. And I'm excited to tell you that today they served at City House Church for the first time. Suckers. Ever. <laughs> we weren't there to make it a weird experience. They did great. It, I think about the moments where our worship leader right now, she was a background vocalist at a large church, and no one ever gave her the opportunity to step up front. And when we asked, we looked at her, we were like, hey, we want you to lead worship. She was like, no. <laughs> I'm not a worship leader. I just do vocals. And we were like, no, I think there's something else there. And her and her fiancé started practicing on their own in their house, and they showed up on the first Sunday, and everybody was like, hold on, you're not actual worship leaders? Like, you guys just practice in your living room? And we were like, yeah, aren't they great? And week after week, she's shown up, and she's led people into the presence of God, and she's honing her craft, and she's learning how to speak from the heart of God to the people that are sitting in the room. We have watched our team grow in their confidence. We have watched them grow in their faith. We have watched them make incredibly big God decisions that they were not making before. This type of work does not happen when you buy the badge. This type of work doesn't happen when you just attend church on a Sunday morning. This is deep work. I, as I was writing this part, I was like, God, I don't want to use this verse. <laughs> I really don't because it sounds real bad, but I'm going to use it because he said to. So here it is. Proverbs 24 says, the sluggard does not plow after the autumn. So he begs during the harvest and has nothing. If we get pulled into the temptation of just looking like a Christian, if we get pulled into the temptation of just sitting here and hearing the words and checking the box and looking right, when it's time for a harvest, there won't be any. And when you're in desperate need for peace, you're only going to have a manufactured comfort. 
So for you and I, what does this mean? As followers of Jesus, what is the deep work that we're actually supposed to do? Now, practically speaking, it's going to look different from every, for every single person in this room because you're not a church planter. You may be, and you don't know it yet, and if that's the case, I'm praying for you. But practically speaking, the deep work that all of us do on a day-to-day basis is going to look different. However, I do believe there are mandates in Scripture that he calls every single person who claims to follow him. There's a deep work that all of us are mandated to do and to be a part of. And I'm going to share you with you a verse or a passage of Scripture that you may have heard before in this version. So I'm going to gear you up for this version. And it's in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 21. And if you've spent any real time in church, you've probably heard this passage before. And this is what it says. This is Jesus speaking, not only to his disciples, but a bunch of religious leaders and everyone else that's gathered around him. And this is what he says. He says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. See the badge, God? See the decoration? But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. Now, the first time I ever read this passage of of scripture, I was 19 years old sitting in a subway in a Walmart. I know that's really specific, but that's burning my mind. And I was training to be in ministry. And the whole time, the whole focus, my whole goal in ministry was how can I do what these guys did, right? Because I hear crazy stuff about Peter when he walked by people, his shadow healed people. Like, that's so sick. And I would like always want those kinds of things. I don't know about you. I would, I have never cast out a demon. Too scared, never healed anyone, never performed crazy miracles. And if you have, you should be up here, not me. But this stuff is crazy that they're talking about. And for me, that was always like a goal of mine to to, to do those things. Until I read the rest of that passage. So wait a minute, God, you mean to tell me that there's people who can actually cast out demons and perform many miracles and heal and prophesy all in your name but not have a relationship with you? Like you don't know them? Matter of fact, you use harsh language like get away from me? Like that's intense, Jesus. So this shook me to my core, as it should you. Because if you can do all of these things, this is the equivalent of them buying the badge. Because Jesus will never waste an opportunity for him to be glorified. So then that means that a deep work has to be done. And I want to read this to you in the message because this guy who wrote the message, he just, man, he is so ill with it. So this is Matthew 7, 21 through 23 in the message version. This is what it says. Again, this is Jesus talking. Knowing the correct answer. Or the correct password saying master, master for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience. Doing what my father wills. I can see it now. At the final judgment, thousands strutting up to me and saying, master, we preached the message. 
We bashed the demons. Our super spiritual projects had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourselves important. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. When I was watching that video about the guys who were pursuing the individual who was committing stolen valor, there was a comment thread. You ever read comment threads on YouTube? (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Especially if you post anything on YouTube. That is not a self-esteem winner. But I read this phrase about this moment, about the guy who was committing stolen valor, and this guy wrote this. He said, These, this guy was a man who was borrowing. Oh, thank you, technology, for just shutting off right in front of me. Yeah, I know I'm offline. Well, this is just dandy. Hey, Raph, remember what you and I were talking about the other day, brother? Are you? Oh, you got it, don't you? Well, this is, yep. I have it in my heart, okay, guys? It's just not in my head at the current moment. <laughs> no, but this line, while he pulls that up, the, he, when he pulls that up, the line uh, that these guys said was that they were borrowing on the capital of men who have sacrificed in the deep work. And that really got to me. That these men were borrowing on the capital of the men who actually did the deep work. I never want to be someone who borrows on the capital of people who are actually doing the deep work. I want to be someone who is doing the deep work. I want to do someone. I've always wanted to be someone who has who has went into the danger zone in, in the battlefield, which is why I love Call of Duty. But I want to be the kind of person who actually is into the fray because that is where you actually know Jesus. And so the whole time I'm watching this stolen valor thing, and the whole time I'm thinking about God, then what is the word that you want to share with me? What is this thing that you actually want to speak to these people? Because he's like, man, it's easy to buy the badge, but I want them to enter into the deep work because then they'll know me. Because you may not know me if you're just wanting to buy the badge. So, okay, what, how, do, how do we get to that status then, God? How do we do the deep work to actually, for us to know each other, for me to know you and you to know me? Like, what is the deep work? And he brought me to this passage of scripture that I've heard so many times over in church. And it's in Galatians chapter 5. And this is what it says in Galatians chapter 5, 22 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For those of you guys who are in this room who have heard that passage before, you are really annoyed with how slow I read that. Why? Because isn't it crazy we're not even willing to do the deep work and say those things one at a time with some space in between so we can let it sink into our spirit? We want to do the whole love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Bang. Galatians 5.22. But we don't want to enter into a deep work. 
if the worship team wanna go, wants to go ahead and come on up. Make me sound more spiritual. Appreciate that. But it keeps on going because verses do that in the Bible. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, this is the important part. This is where that deep work right now of the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and the goodness and the gentleness and the self-control, all those things that are called the fruit of the Spirit. And it's interesting to me that they're called the fruit, not the fruits. Why it's singular? Because without one, you can't have them all. But what's crazy is those things actually equate you with and call you into relationship with Jesus. If you have those things and are growing in them, not perfect because you never will be, but if you have those things and are growing in them, you are automatically in relationship with Jesus. Why? Because they're fruits of his spirit. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. It is easy in your life as you're following God in your workplace in your family, whatever it may be, the relationships that are important to you, it is so easy to buy the badge. It's so easy to buy the badge. But it's cheap. It's a cheap work. But to do the deep work, man, to, to, to live out those things, the things that automatically connect you to God and his spirit, that's where real life change happens. I love talking to people when they ask me, how many people are coming to your church? We have, on a good day, like when everyone shows up at the same time, right now we have like 26 to 30 people coming. And I'm, can I just be really vulnerable and honest with you? Guys, I have way bigger expectations and I have, because I want to see as many people in my city come to Jesus, like if I can be really honest. So sometimes when we have a, a, a Sunday where seven people show up, yay! And four of them are in kids' ministry, and two of them are my kids. <laughs> but the, 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 I cannot over, like, tell you enough how important those, those stories that Tiffany just touched on. God said, I want to use City House Church to reconcile people back to me through Jesus and each other. He did not tell me, Michael, you will have a ministry of thousands. But why is that the metric? There's a guy named Ezekiel who I really wanted to preach on today, but he's way old school. But you guys realize this guy was known as a major prophet in, the, in, the, in, the, in Scripture. He did some of the most radical and audacious things for God that any prophet ever did to the point where, I know, just read it for context. I don't have time to get into it. But he cooked food over poop, okay? Like this guy was about the life, all right? He was deep in it. But here's the thing. He preached his entire life, not one convert, not one. Was it all for not? Because by our metric of success here in America, like, yo, you failed, homie. That's a bad look, Ezekiel. But he is actually, he went down in history as one of the major prophets and one of the biggest examples of what faithfulness to God actually, he did a deep work. So I have two questions I wanna leave you guys with today. Number one is this. 
is the deep work worth it to you? Or are you content with shopping with people online or at a surplus store? Are you content with just buying the cheap badge and not actually getting, because the deep work is messy, I understand that. And sometimes it can be really painful, I understand that. But if you actually look around the room, you will realize you are never alone in the deep work. Second question, what areas in your life do you need to ditch the fake decoration and do the deep work? So we were supposed to share how City House Church is doing. It was even on the Instagram posts. Said, Mike and Tiff are going to give an update on how City House Church is doing. <laughs> Mike already told you how many people were coming, so you don't have to ask that question. We're doing good. It is a deep, deep work that is happening in Milwaukee, and it is a deep work that is happening in Southern California. We live in a city that is highly segregated. We live in a city that has a high crime rate, a lot of gun violence, a lot of gangs, and we are doing our best to do the deep work. And our prayer, our heart, not just for City House Church, but for Voice Church and every church in between is that every single one of us would just continue to do the deep work, that we would get behind the mission and the vision of the house that we serve and do the work. We don't wanna come on Sunday mornings and just sit and post Bible verses around our house and go, God, you've got me. Because there are broken people in desperate need of a deep work. I know some of us could probably get by with like my daily Bible reading, but there are other people that cannot, they need more than that. And if we are not doing it, we cannot provide it. So I wanna encourage you guys before I close and before I pray, if you have been shying away from the deep work because it's too painful or it's easier to just wear the badge, it's easier to just say, I went to church, I go to voice church. Period. No, I don't serve. No, I don't do any of that. No, I don't. I just, I go to Voice Church. I want to encourage you that today is the perfect day to sign up for the deep work. To take your Bible home with you. You've all got them on your phones. Like, we can't get away from it. There's no excuse anymore. They're in your pocket. Open it up and read it for yourself. Figure out what Jesus is talking to you about right now because there are people in this room that have benefited from other people doing the deep work and there are people out there that need to benefit from you doing the deep work. Jesus, thank you so much for this community of believers. Thank you that the deep work is worth it. Lord, I pray that you would convict our hearts when we are tempted to buy the badge. Stop us dead in our tracks, God, when we are in the middle of doing something cheap for you. And I pray that we would turn back and get into the fruits of your spirit, the fruit of your spirit, that when things feel too complicated, that joy and peace and goodness and faithfulness and self-control are worth working on. When the world seems to be crazy and we're not sure how to center ourselves, that we would go back to the basics with you and get deep in it. 
because we need to know you. We live in a broken world where there are people that desperately need to know you, so it starts with us. Keep us from, from simply wearing the badges, God, that we have not earned. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just draw us in deeper and deeper. And we would affect change, not, in our, not just in our cities, in our families, but in our world, God, that there would be a ripple effect of people that are committed to a deep work with you. We love you. We promise you now, God, that we're done buying cheap badges. In Jesus' name, amen. You would just stand with us as we go into this next song.
nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, and nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, and nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you and nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. Oh, I just want you and nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. Oh, I just want you and nothing else. Oh, nothing else, nothing else will do. us with such a great message for being here. We're so proud of you guys. Oh, it's so good. Uh, if you haven't said hi to them yet or introduced yourself, uh, please do that at the end of the service today. But just a couple things as we close. Uh, I work with teenagers for a living. And you know when you talk to kids and you, you say it loud enough that you know that they heard it, right? You're like, I know you hear this. I hear myself saying it. So you've got to hear it. it we learn in that moment there's a difference between hearing and listening. You know what I mean? When you listen to something, you like let it in. Focus on it. Right after that verse, Lord, Lord, not everybody who calls me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. Right after that, Matthew 7, I love the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teaching, anyone. But he doesn't say anyone who hears it. He says anybody who listens. And I love that. I think it says two things, that anybody can follow Jesus. Anybody, anybody. You just have to make the choice. There's no requirement. There's no class you have to take. You just say, Jesus, I'm in. Forgive me. Let's go. And the second part is like, but you got to listen. You know, you got to listen. Something we need to be reminded of is that freedom isn't just like doing whatever you want, whenever you want, with whoever you want. Freedom is standing in front of God with nothing to hide, blameless, free, forgiven. That's why we obey, because Jesus leads us to deep work, but he also leads us to the fullness of life. So today, be encouraged. Deep work is get probably going to be closer than you, you 
expect, but that's where the freedom is because that's where Jesus is, right? So as we close today, there's lots of ways to do deep work. Serving kids ministry. We take a free will offering. If you haven't given in a while, give. Not because we need your money, but because Jesus comes first, right? Um, jump in on a service team. Meet some friends. Like, let's do life together. That's what we're here about. So let's pray to close. And then if you want to uh, uh, be dismissed and go on about your weekend, awesome. Thank you for coming. If you want to stay, the, the worship team's going to play a couple more songs. You just need some more worship. Stay in your seats. Do that. Uh, over here on the side, uh, the elders are going to be praying for people. If you'd like to be prayed for, you don't have to give us your whole life story. We'll pray for you today. Right now, we'd love to do that. But let's pray to close. Lord, as we, uh, as we give, as we serve, as we just in gratitude say thank you, we, we, we ask you to bless the Ordas, the, the whole family. Uh, they're two beautiful kids, too. Uh, to bless City Church as they continue the, the good work, the deep work. God, may they feel like they are building kingdom, whether it's one at a time or 26 at a time or seven at a time. God, as long as they're faithful to you, they are successful. For those of us who needed to hear uh, the challenge today, I pray that we would rise to the challenge. You needed to hear the encouragement that good, deep work leads to communion with you. God, I pray we would take that with us. If we need to respond today, more worship, more prayer, God, I pray that we would be brave and respond. Lunch can wait. We thank you, God. Voice Church, we thank you for City House Church, their connection. And we go, God, in your name, out. The church gathers, but then the church scatters. May we continue your work. In Jesus' name, we all say together, amen. So you're dismissed. To, to, to go, to stay, to get prayer. We love you guys.